0: Desperate Housewives super fans, welcome back. I'm Christy Gomez.
1: I'm Summer Moran, and <laughs> this is We Know What You Did. It makes us sick. <laughs> We're going.
0: Okay, Summer, without further ado, I feel like you've had quite the week of desperation. So let's just start off. No dilly-dallying. What's going on?
1: Give us give us a rundown. Well, on Friday, I had a plan to go see Santa with my friend Nicolette. Now, as you and our listeners are aware, I used to work for Santa, but yes, um, I was not... I was not going to go to the same venue that I used to work at to see him, so he was going to be at a venue called Brookfield Place, here in New York City. So I went down to go see Santa, and I had woken up with a, a bit of a sore throat, but I tried not to think much of it. My assistant had come to work the day prior, telling me that she was, quote, getting over a cold, and I thought, girl, don't come in. Getting over means you are not currently over. So. I go down to meet Santa and we have our hot cocoa and I'm sitting there with Nicolette who I haven't seen in months and I'm like fighting for my life, like trying to make conversation and seem normal. But meanwhile, I can feel my fever starting.
0: Ah, that's the worst.
1: Luckily, Nicolette is not a listener, so I don't have to worry about uh, sharing this information with her. So I got home and immediately bought vitamin C and a gingerade kombucha, as you saw, and I got full body chills almost immediately upon arriving home. I wrapped myself up in my blanket, I had my space heater going, and when I tell you I could not get warm, and my head started pounding like I have never felt it pound before, I thought I was in my own end times. and. So that's when I knew I had the fever. So I I wanted to see just how bad my temperature was. So I went into my medicine cabinet. I got out my thermometer, which uh, we've had in my family since probably about 1998. I was going to say I'm
0: surprised you have a thermometer.
1: Yeah. No, yeah. I certainly didn't buy it myself. (laughs) And the thermometer, every time I go to stick it in my mouth, says error. What do you mean, error? I could have been at 104 for all I know, but I will never know. And I had a really 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 bad night my headache was searing and I kept trying to take Tylenol but they're the the circular Tylenol that are kind of chalky in in texture so they don't go down as easily so I'm like trying to take them and they keep getting caught in the back of my throat which is basically a balloon because it's inflamed And so I can't get the Tylenol down. I feel like I'm gonna choke. I'm like, oh my god, what am I gonna do, Marona? Me, and I try to go to bed. Cannot, you know, you can't sleep when you're like in pain. Mm -hmm. You either like cry yourself to sleep or it just doesn't happen. Um, So I got out of bed and I was like, I have to have some other kind of acetaminophen because at this point, the headache was the worst of all. I was freezing and feverish, but the headache was something else. And I start and coughing and... Oh, I know it. And I go into the cabinet and all of a sudden, I'm I'm face to face with a bottle of Advil. The liquid gels. The good stuff. The stuff that goes down easy, even when the back of your throat is inflamed. So I took one of those and within 45 minutes, I felt like a new person. The fever went away after I sweated it out. I was... In bed, I kid you not, in like one of my warmest sweaters, full fleece leggings with two blankets on, and I managed to sweat out the fever. My headache went away, and as you can hear in my voice, I'm still dealing with the after effects of this. I have not had a single full night's sleep in, I want to say weeks. This is not just when the cold started, but it's, it's gotten exponentially worse. I am not able to sleep for more than... 20 to 45 minutes at a time.
0: This is wild because I truly have never really known you
1: to be sick. I know. I don't think you ever get sick. I never get sick. And that's the thing. When I started working at the schools back in February, I got the flu like the first or second week I started working. And I was like, Mm -hmm. I haven't had the flu since eighth grade. Over a decade. I have not had a cold or the flu, or, like, any of these things. Never even got COVID. N- st- still not COVID. Like, I can tell you for sure. Did you take a test? I wanted to take a test, mm-hmm. but I don't want to pay for it. Um, Come on, Biden. Give us back free tests. There, There's a slight chance, but the fact that I had the fever for, like, three hours makes me feel like it probably wasn't. I didn't lose taste or smell or, like, any of those other COVID symptoms. When I had
0: COVID, I... Barely had a fever and did not oh, really? realize my taste or smell. Yeah.
1: So how did you even know you had it?
0: Because I tested positive.
1: You just tested for the sake of it?
0: Well, the first time I had it was when it was like the first week of COVID. And I, would, I called the New York City Department of Health and I was like, hey, I think I have COVID. Can I get a test? And they said, can you breathe? And I said, yes. And they said, just stay home. But the second time was when I was in L.A., And my friend who I had been with all weekend texted me, I have COVID. So I went to, and I felt completely fine at this point. I went to our like Disney at the time. I don't know if we still have it. It had like a private testing site for employees. So I went there and I got my results in like 12 hours and they were positive. And then like an hour after I got my results, the
1: chills set in. Well, I suppose this could be COVID, But it really feels like the common cold. And I know the Mm -hmm. two are getting conflated a little bit these days. Um, And and like, listen, I would take a test if it were free. I just don't feel like spending money on it. And at this point, I'm so much better than I was, even though I'm still suffering. It's 95% congestion at this point. Mm -hmm. So sorry, listeners, that I sound bad. I'll be hopefully better next time. You sound normal to me well so so that was my moment of desperation my few days of desperation if i can just get more than an hour's worth of sleep tonight i will be so happy but we'll see we're we're loaded up on melatonin and cold calm and synex and robitussin and basically any other over-the-counter you can think of
0: how has blanche been through all this has she had a meal (laughs)
1: So to be honest, the first day that I came home feeling ill, I didn't even have it in me to like take out her food. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure at what point she ate that day, I don't know. <laughs> but she, she has been eating. It's, it's no stress. She came to cuddle mommy. She loves mommy. She's mommy's little baby girl. Uh, she, she knows her mommy and she keeps me safe.
0: That's good. I'm glad you have Blanche to take care of you. Even if you can't take care of Blanche,
1: she's so <laughs> Julie. So what about you, Christy? What was your moment of desperation this week?
0: Well, Summer, as I speak right now, I am in the just-okay state of Vermont. And (laughs) I think every moment I'm in Vermont is a moment of desperation. For our listeners, I know it can be very confusing about my background. I think it is because I don't really talk about this state of my life. I talk about being from Puerto Rico. I talk about being from New York. I talk about being from Vermont. All three are just true and you just have to take it. So I, first of all, there's no snow here. So that's the first thing. I'm upset at global warming that I came all this way. I have to be here and I didn't even get a white Christmas. Not a fan. Secondly, I, like, see my level of, like, if there's something I need to change in my life based on, like, how I react to being here. Like, last Christmas, I was like, I love it here. I'm cozy. And now I'm like, I I hate all these people. You're all stupid and ugly and horrible. So I'm like, okay, I need to, like, I I need to start. I need to change something. But anyway. So the other night, I was at my parents' friend's Christmas Eve Eve party. And guys... I don't, no, none of these people are ever going to listen to this podcast. I can't stand any of these people, really, who go to this house. And I only went because one of my best friends from high school was going, and she's friends of the family, so I was like, all right, I'll make an appearance. Last Christmas, this 80-year-old man who owns the house objectified me. I recall. Yeah, and it was just not good, but I had to go see him again. And to put... A picture of an image of this house it's like this wooden castle in the woods it's shaped as a castle and you go inside and it's just film film filled with taxidermy and I'm not talking about like deers or um, you know other things that people may hunt in these parts no I'm talking about lions and tigers zebras cheetahs Things that I'm pretty sure are illegal to hunt. Oh, my. Because this, yes, exactly. This man was a, um, he was a uh, a trophy hunter with the king of England. That's how old he is. King of Spain, I'm sorry. It's a very very random family friend we have. And he's just a little bit terrible. So that, you know, doesn't really feed my vegetarian soul very well when I go in. So I walk in and I text to do this, but I walk in, my mom and I are getting, putting our stuff away and there's this man we've never seen before standing in the entrance and we go, hi, nice to meet you. And he goes, hi, I'm no one special here. And we go, okay. (laughs) He goes, I'm no one special. I'm, I'm not related to anybody. And at that point, I'm like, you know what, sir, I don't want to talk to you then. So I just go, okay. And I just kept walking. And then I walk in and I see my friend Katie and I'm like, oh, hi, Katie. And then out of the corner of my eye, I see my arch nemesis and her name is Heidi. And basically <laughs> there's a long backstory. We have trauma. She was taking care of my cat and it just didn't go well. I'm not getting into it, but we hate her. And I was filled with rage.
1: I am this woman. the vice president of the <laughs> Heidi hate club. I, I truly, Ooh, Ooh, there is a special place in hell reserved for that. I don't even want to call her a woman because she does not deserve the dignified title of woman. I can't believe this is publicly
0: going on online. Um, You know, if she, if she hate listens to this podcast, um, hi, Heidi, if anybody from my town somehow listens to this podcast, I don't think they do. And they hear this and they send it to her. You know what? I don't care because here's the thing. I'm never going to say anything to her in public because that's not fair to my dad who still likes her for some reason, or, you know, the owners of the house, I'm not going to start drama. So I fully ignore her. But Heidi, if you're listening, Watch your back is all I'll say. Welcome to your tape. Welcome, Welcome to, your, to tape. your tape. So I see her, and she's talking to actually somebody from, from high school who I really, really loved being around. But, like I, I hadn't seen him in years, and I couldn't say hi. So I was like, okay, I need to leave. So I grabbed Katie, and I was like, come with me. And I told her the whole story. I'm physically shaking. And then I walked back in, and I was like, okay, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. My dad kept going up to me being like, It's Christmas. Maybe maybe now is a good time to to,
1: you know, talk to Heidi.
0: And I'm like, I'm not gonna do that. I'm never gonna speak to her. Absolutely ever again. not. No.
1: Can we can we also make this clear for the listeners that Heidi is not like our age? She's a a middle aged woman. Middle aged woman. And the last
0: time I spoke to her, you guys, we were on FaceTime. I was crying and I said, You are being a terrible person to a terrible friend, terrible to this cat. Um, it was just whole thing, and I was like, How dare you, shame on you? And she hung up on me. So you know, the full story could go on the Patreon, maybe if you guys really want to know. Um, but yeah, so that wasn't fun. And then the rest of the night was just wacko crazy. The lady of the house. Um you know, in one sentence told me how I should start eating meat, but also her husband has blood cancer because of how much meat he ate. So I think she wants me, she won't, she wants me dead is what I got out of that. I was like, you're not selling me on this. She and Heidi
1: bonded over that.
0: They literally did. And then she, and then also you guys, I get slammed. I, people I don't know I don't even know how to explain this but people love to be condescending towards me around here so somebody walks by me I don't even remember who this was and they go hey Christy looking pretty Hollywood maybe it's time you came back
1: That's so unnecessary. I'm like, why does everybody, they try so
0: hard to tear me down. And I'm like, guys, all I do is exist. I had my little Ritzia leather pants on I wear all the time. Everyone was like, look at you and your leather pants.
1: <laughs> Are you committing a crime?
0: I am committing a crime for having the riz. I don't know what else to say, but it's been my
1: whole life. It's because life. you're a little criminal.
0: It, it, I am a, a mama I'm in love with a criminal <laughs> um, but yeah but that's basically it I feel like something else happened at that party oh there was also this crazy lady who we had never met before or my mom had met like very briefly and she was telling our, our other family friend like oh you should come to the house one time and this woman goes I've never been to your house you should invite me over. I want to see a house. We were like, "Who are
1: you? Who are all these what? people?"
0: No, it's like it's something out of a movie. I swear. Every time I go over there,
1: well, I hope that you don't have to go back there for a long, long, long
0: time. I don't think I will ever again. I've just I've had my fix.
1: I wanted to come to Vermont when I thought that the train to get there was like the Polar Express. (laughs) (laughs) And now that I have learned the method of transportation is Amtrak, I am, my disappointment is immeasurable and my day is ruined.
0: I just can't believe you've been my friend for 10 years and you've never been to Vermont.
1: Like, look at this lovely, oh, you can't really see. But
0: this lovely, nice little blue room that could be yours.
1: That would be my room? That's actually really sweet. It is. It's in a little
0: attic. It's really nice.
1: Oh, is it a haunted attic?
0: No, just haunted by the demons of
1: me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that made sense. <laughs> well, Christy, since we're both obviously getting loopy and we've just started the recording, why don't we rock into the episode? What do you say?
0: Let's rock into the episode. Okay.
1: This episode was called Goodbye
0: for Now which is funny because it's only the penultimate episode. We have one more in this season, and then we're sadly wrapping up. Um, We start out with Edie getting objectified, just like me last Christmas um, at the construction site, but she low-key loves it.
1: Yeah, I just made another note about how it appears there has been zero progress on her house. yeah. They've been at this for months. Nothing. It's not even a foundation. Not
0: a foundation. No drywall. It is an empty lot.
1: (laughs) An empty lot lot with
0: blueprints.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, they they have an abundance of blueprints. No foundation, no drywall. Say it with me. No No foundation, foundation, no no drywall. drywall. So then Edie brings over her pink box of donuts to Mike's house and... I love how Mike answered the door and he was like, no, I'm not busy. What's up? And then Susan just like slithers out from underneath his arm in her little nighty. It was so funny. And she's like, Hey, Edie, what's up?
0: And Edie still just wants Mike so bad. So she goes over, doesn't know they're back together. And you know what? I can't even be mad at her anymore for trying to steal Mike from Susan
1: because Susan hasn't been great to her either so I think they're kind of even here's the thing you saw how many men were at the construction site I know it's probably a lower caliber of man than Mike Delfino because he is the tops but Edie has her choice of men every man in Fairview thinks Edie is hot she could pull anyone she wants why does she have to go for Mike Delfino? Obviously Susan <laughs> Susan is like um a hetero romantic demisexual, okay? So oh, like brother. she has to re- <laughs>
0: Don't don't put these labels on Mike Delfino. Oh my
1: god. He is a stupid no, but... <sighs> burly man. All I'm saying is that Susan needs to have an emotional connection to someone in order to pursue a relationship. Edie doesn't need that. <laughs> That's true. Well, I
0: think, I think she's a very high value woman. So Cyrus is like, Hey, you want to go out? And she's like, you're playing, a, you're so out of your league, you're in a different sport. And then she comes back around. And she goes, Hey, how do you like baseball?
1: So at the doorway, we see Susan and Edie fighting a little bit and Susan's like, I can't believe you're still coming on to him. I thought this scene was kind of summer and Christy coated, even though we've never had a tiff like that, but it was just the way, it it was the delivery that really got to me and, and I thought, oh, that's so us. And then Mike asks Susan a very important question. He wants them to move in together.
0: I just thought it was funny, right before he asked her, and she's like, I need to run home really quickly. Like she was about to run home in that very moment. She's just in her bra, her underwear and her robe, barefoot. And she was like, Oh, i will be right back. Like she wants all of Wisteria Lane to know her business. She runs straight over to Edie and she goes, Mike just asked me to move in. He he he, he, he 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 I was like, Wow. She was kind of taunting. Home. She was, and this, we'll get to a lot of this later too, but this episode mirrored so much of what we saw early in the season. Like, I felt like it really bookended. Like, when she was like, Mike just asked me on a date. (laughs) He 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 he
1: he 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 Then we see Mr. and Mrs. Mullins, who are apparently an older couple living on Wisteria Lane, leaving the lane because of the, quote, moral decay (laughs) that has occurred on the block, and in the neighborhood as a whole. Uh, But nobody notices that these people are leaving. In fact, I don't think anybody knew that Mr. and Mrs. Mullins actually lived there.
0: At least somebody on the lane noticed how toxic it has become. Like, everybody else was just kind (laughs) of like, okay, but yeah, murder, bombings, like a bunch of other stuff. Like, they they listed it, but they're out of there. Justin is mowing... Carlos and Gabby's lawn and Justin's really upset with Gabby because of the whole John thing and he calls her an unfeeling bitch and she slaps him and Carlos is watching and he she should. really understand what's going on. He's a little confused. He's like, why'd you just slap the gardener?
1: I couldn't remember Justin's name so I just wrote that the gay gardener is mean to Gabby <laughs> and I really thought he was out of pocket for that I mean, I know he would come to John's defense for less, but I just really, it did not sit right with me the way he was talking to Gabby.
0: Same, but I really think he was just checking on his boy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So then Lynette shows up at Tom's office with a welcome back Dugan cake. Uh, Apparently Lynette has been annoying and she's been in the office a lot. And Tom is like, oh, you're still worried about me working with Annabelle? And Lynette's like, I don't care about you working with Annabelle. Mm, Lynette. (laughs) If there's one thing about Lynette, it's that she can lie through her teeth.
0: Even Tom's like, you actually need to stop. And she really does, like, please get a grip at this point. Um, And then she walks into the kitchen and even Annabelle's like, "Mm, you've been around a long time. Or you've been around a lot. What's going on, Lynette? And she goes, can I cut you a piece? And I was like, Lynette's really not being a girl's girl. Like, this woman at this point hasn't shown you any reason to be upset. I was like, get a grip, Lynette.
1: And I also feel like for Lynette's case, if she stopped giving Annabelle any kind of attention, Annabelle would lose all her power. Exactly. But she's... She's giving Annabelle all her power at this point.
0: Exactly, because then in the next scene, it turns out Dugan, who I completely forgot about, by the way, um, when he collapsed on the baseball field. Um, Dugan relapsed the night before he was going back to work, which sounds a little suspicious to me. Um, I don't think Dugan wanted to go back to work personally. (laughs) I think he was enjoying his early retirement, and he was like...
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to go back to Dugan said workers comp. (laughs) Does he get workers comp for falling at a work softball game?
0: Probably. No, he wants workers comp. Dugan's literally fine. I'm sorry. He's sitting at home eating a hot dog. He's fine.
1: (laughs) Dugan's fine. (laughs) Dugan's fine. Um, No, honestly, justice for my guy Dugan, because I really feel like... He he has unwittingly played such an instrumental role in the lives of Tom and Lynette Scavo. It's a, it's outstanding.
0: And he doesn't even know like he's living rent free. Yeah, living rent free. But then Peterson is like, "Okay, we need to reshuffle everything." Oh my god. Which like Dugan's been gone for a long time. Why like why do you st- <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
1: like shouldn't has been life? out
0: for months. Like nothing should have changed at this point, but He's freaking out, and he goes, Annabelle, you're going to Hawaii. Who do you want to take with you? Pick one right now. And she goes, mm, Tom. And the look on Tom's face is he's like, this isn't, I don't think that this is good now. But, like, Lynette made this happen. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> you did this, Lynette. Lynette, you did you this
0: did to this. yourself. If she acted confident, Annabelle wouldn't have done anything.
1: Listen, speaking of people doing things to themselves, let's talk about the next scene where Brie and George are mini-golfing together. First thing I want to point out is that Brie is once again in like that very bright blue color Mm -hmm. that I brought up last time. And we see the return of dim-witted Brie. She is... (sighs) (laughs) She's being so flirty trying to psych him out of the golf setup that george gets hard and you know what i can't even blame him at that point she blew in his ear she's like touching
0: his spine like flirty flirting with him like brie like she's acting like a stupid like 18 year old like she's acting really yeah she should be hanging out i don't know why she's doing that i don't know (laughs) either but she's like going back and forth, and then she's like shocked. she does she goes, think of something unpleasant, like famine, disease, or hobos. <laughs> I love that.
1: I don't think you're yes. allowed to say
0: hobos anymore. The unhoused. I know I think it's one
1: of those words that they got wrong. <laughs> <laughs> one of those words that got thrown out a few I years guess. ago.
0: And Bree just like shocked he has feelings for her. And it's like, come on. And this scene was so there was so much good dialogue in this scene too.
1: She straight up says, you had feelings for me all along. I wrote, no kidding. Max <laughs> was telling you
0: that. Everybody was telling Edie was saying that. Like, come on.
1: Brie purposely put on her blinders. She did her, like, tunnel vision. For what? For an extra friend? I don't, or, or was she enjoying the fact that he liked her? Like, I don't really get it.
0: And I don't get it because it's like, for, over George? Like, I yeah, get it if she was people. friends with, like, Mike Delfino.
1: But George? Really? Come on. And then, Christy, the most sinister piece of this whole scene is when George says, after everything I've done for you.
0: hmm And she goes, what does that mean? And he goes, nothing. Oh, a perfect little, another little breadcrumb for what's about to happen. He also calls Maisie a hooker, which I thought was really funny. He goes, after he cheated on you with that, a hooker. <laughs> so then we see Edie watching from afar as Mike is moving into Susan's house, and she's over, I think, at Bree's house. So she switched up real quick. She went straight from mini golf, um, breaking up with her her fake boyfriend, to um, to poker. And they're all pro Mike and Susan. They're all so excited. But then Edie's like, "What about the gunshot wound and Martha Huber's bracelet?" And they immediately are like, oh yeah, you're right.
1: I know. I uh, my note here is like, why did they flip so quick? Don't they it felt very see, unrealistic to me. It
0: did. It felt yeah, I think maybe they just needed something to tie up those loose ends. But it just well, why would you listen to Edie of all people on this?
1: Like you guys and know the situation. In the, span, in the span of three minutes, they were all yeah. like, Yeah, you're right. Mike is Mike is bad news. <laughs> Come on.
0: I it was a little poorly it was a little poorly done like if they should have just had them all come in and be like yeah i don't know i'm a little bit worried yeah because they did a 180 within a minute
1: yeah but yeah the 80. first thing gabby says the first thing gabby says in that scene is like i'm so happy for susan she's she really seems happy with him and then the the tail end of that scene is No, you're right. You're right. we got to stop them. Like, what? (laughs)
0: Um, And the scene right after that is Susan and Mike moving. And she says, she's like, I found a box of bullets in your house. And you know what? You're going to have to get rid of that. You're going to have to get rid of the files. Like, all of it I'm done. And he's like, of course. Like, that's pretty fair. So we see that he's actually pretty trustworthy. He's ready to put his life of detective work behind him. And then he watches Paul. Drop a box of stuff at Felicia's house and dip. The next scene made me really upset.
1: Yeah, me too. I was like shaking with anger. I was shaking with anger like Zach Young. Shakes. Me too. So Zach is reading the letter from his father in front of Felicia. I was feeling really bad for him during this scene because Felicia is such a snake.
0: Mm-hmm. And the letter's basically like, I have to go but here's a baseball mitt, like maybe practice. And I, I forgot about like this whole storyline. So he was like, maybe you can practice baseball and you're catching while you're away. And I just thought that's such a good like dad thing to do. But then also I was like, did he go on, did he like power up his computer and look up like what do dads give their sons? Cause that's what he was giving a little. Um, And then Zach Has a full freak out because he's like,
1: I didn't even like baseball. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I've never seen Zach react normally to (laughs) anything ever.
0: No. And if I was Felicia, I'd be a little bit concerned that that's how he reacts. Um, But stupid, stupid, stupid Zach. Because if he had just put his hand in the mitt... He would have seen a note from Paul that said, I didn't leave you behind because he's an amazing father. And he said, meet me at the baseball field on Thursday night. So he knew his son didn't like baseball. He was just trying to to go under, under Felicia. Like he knows his son's a little, you know, he had to do something obvious, but not too obvious. And Zach just blew up his spot.
1: It's too bad, really. But in the next scene, <laughs> <laughs> we see Susan join the girls over at Bree's house. How quickly did they plan this "quote unquote" intervention? Uh, they are m- all in the same exact clothes as the last scene.
0: Bree must have called immediately and said, "Want, to, want me to teach you how to cook?" It must—it must have been immediate yeah. because they all—they I don't think they left the house.
1: Yeah, it was. It was within minutes.
0: Yeah but basically they're just trying, they're like, "Uh, we actually don't trust Mike anymore and we don't think you should move in with him. This is an intervention. And Terry Hatcher goes into this very sweet, amazing monologue. I feel like she said, somebody give me a monologue.
1: And Terry Hatcher earned that monologue, didn't she?
0: She earned and she delivered. I will say I watched um, the uh, Terry Hatcher, James Denton, Hallmark Christmas movie a few nights ago.
1: Yes, and
0: you have to watch. I really, I actually really liked it. I don't really like Hallmark movies, but it captivated me mainly because they're the two stars. But Terry Hatcher is really an amazing actress. Like, yeah, Hallmark movies, you know, they're known to be a little cheesy. The scripts aren't great, but like even with given like bad material, she really shined through that movie. Like I was like, no, was no like amazing like terry hatcher you're welcome on the podcast we'll just sit here and tell you how you deserve your emmy by the way
1: then lynette is having lunch with a business friend so i guess this has to be the next day or two and it was the woman i
0: think from the first episode she runs into at the grocery store
1: right i think her name's nat yeah and nat is trying to get lynette to come back and work for her she's like I need a shark. You're so good. Blah, blah, blah. And Lynette is like, no, no, I I want you to take Tom. (laughs) And Nat's
0: like, no, we don't want (laughs) (laughs)
1: Tom. She's
0: like, Tom's not good. We want you. And We want
1: you. And she was like, no.
0: And she's like, we want a shark. And she pretty much goes off about how amazing Lynette was. Um, and Lynette goes, oh, I know a shark, a really pretty one. So she obviously wants to send over Annabelle. But it's just so funny how, like, everybody is just like, yeah, Tom's okay, but Lynette.
1: <laughs> no, it's, it's outstanding. I, I love that aspect of it. Also, I find this Nat character very endearing. I would like to see more of her... We only get these little tiny tidbits of her, but I think Nat has earned her spinoff. So whenever that gets produced, somebody drop a line.
0: Nat, 20 years later. (laughs) Where is she
1: now? (laughs) I'm putting Nat on the fanfic list. I'm I'm doing a one shot of just (laughs) Nat's life at the office.
0: (laughs) From the day when Nat left. Um so the chronicles of net <laughs> uh, it's Not even that funny. I know. Do you want to take um, George's freaky uh, Monologue mon- montage?
1: Okay, I literally can't like it made me so angsty and angry. I, I like couldn't write proper notes. I just okay. wrote George with the pills.
0: Yeah, I just wrote, um, George breaks into the Van de Camp household, and we see him mess with Rex's pills and doing a lot of other alarming things, and he goes through, um, Rex's special box of toys, and he also, like, took a picture, no, he took a picture of, like, Bree's l- lingerie.
1: Hated that. Literally, my only note for this scene is... My God, this man is such a creep.
0: I hate him so much. Like, he just keeps getting worse. Um, and that brings us right into Brie and Rex at the doctor's office. And the doctor is like, I don't know. I really don't know what's going on. We need a second opinion. Nothing's working. I, and Rex is freaking
1: out. He's like, I'm going to die. And Brie tries to kind of talk him down a little bit. And she's like, well, I could die any second too. Like I could get hit by a car. mm and at first,
0: Mark Cherry's obsession with hitting people with cars yet again. Yes, and I was thinking well, about this. Right. I was like, is it because her mom was hit by a car? Is she referencing um,
1: Mama Solis
0: her son hitting Mama Solis like is, <laughs> is she referencing something or is she just saying that? Like I don't know because she kind of acts like it's or, like a crazy thing that could happen, but it's not.
1: Is is she referencing her future with Orson Hodge? <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> so I don't know. I was just like ding ding ding. Mark Cherry, what's the deal? I know you have you have to know about us now. Like come on, please tell us why Listen. Why is that the trope?
1: Far be it from me to use the word fetish but sometimes I think it is the only appropriate (laughs) word. Yeah. So when Brie is saying that they have to just enjoy whatever time they have together and and be kind to each other, Rex says something that he, I don't think he's ever said to Brie before. He says, you're right.
0: No, he was being really nice. And again, this is what I said. This is a trope. A character that you do not like, when they are about to die, they soften them up and they you want to really... You're like, okay, you know what? I really like this person now. And that's exactly what was happening. We're becoming scholars in TV writing doing this podcast.
1: That is correct. (laughs) I just want to say that in my memory, Rex was gone well before now.
0: Me too. I thought it was like... (laughs) Five episodes before the finale. I thought his funeral yeah. was the finale, so yeah. I'm very. I, surprised. I remember
1: seeing. I remember <clears throat> seeing more of their life, like just post Rex. Yeah. So.
0: Hmm. Um. No. Agreed. Mandela effect. We cut to Mike going to speak to Felicia and asking about Paul, and she invites him in and basically tells him everything that she knows.
1: Felicia has got it all figured out, she always has. Um, Mike looks over the journals and he is just flabbergasted to say the Mm -hmm. least.
0: Yep, and they kind of start connecting Deirdre with Paul and she goes, Mike, are you in favor of the death penalty? And he goes, yeah. And she goes, (laughs) we had it in Utah, but they don't have the death penalty in this state. Isn't that
1: a shame?
0: That was a crazy like no matter what you think of the death like to be that
1: passionate about it is a little
0: something else.
1: No, that was a crazy statement. And I I was really hurt that Mike was in favor of the death penalty.
0: But I don't think Mike is like as passionate about it as Felicia is. I think he's just seen a lot in his life. And so he's like, Yes, of course. But but when she was like, Isn't it a shame we don't have it here? He was just kinda like sure. But she just, like, she will rally for the death penalty. Like, she will be at the cap. She would insurrect the capital for the death penalty.
1: Yeah, Like, yeah. she
0: would say, bring it back. Death to Bring all. it back.
1: <laughs> death to the whole Spears clan. <laughs>
0: death. Death to all. Death to you, Jamie Spears. Lynn Spears. Death to them all.
1: That was a crazy statement, too.
0: So then when this at the end of the scene um Mike he's like well actually do you know where Paul Young is you never answered me pretty much and she goes I don't know where he is but I know where he's going to be Thursday night
1: Then Gabby learns the truth behind her pregnancy and she decides to leave Carlos she's like already starting for the door No <laughs> and but Carlos was... is like
0: <laughs> the way she just <laughs>
1: Sees it and goes, Carlos.
0: I see you've been messing with my birth control. She just packs a bag and just goes out the door. She goes, I'm leaving you. It was
1: just so funny. Yeah. No, it was incredible. <laughs> she she would just said it very matter of factly, like, Oh, I'm leaving you. Yeah. Um, she explains that Juanita was in a coma when the claim was filed for her birth control, and she also goes, She would have been man enough to own up to it. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, So then she's about to drive off, and he starts talking about how he's going to jail tomorrow. And I'm like, You've been saying this for six <laughs> episodes.
1: <laughs> go! Like, it's just you're gonna go! Just go. go! Like, at this point, he could have served a, a month I of his sentence. No,
0: every single week. And he had his going away party weeks ago. Like, just go to jail. What's the holdup, man? Like, just go to jail. But they're having this. And again, like, this is one of those things where they're so rich. So you just don't even realize how trashy this whole fight is. Like, he is out there with an ankle monitor. He can't really go that far. His wife is in the car going, I'm leaving you. This baby's not even yours. <laughs> but because She's, she has so much money, like, you don't even realize that, like, this is like <laughs> a lowbrow screaming on their front lawn.
1: <laughs> lowbrow takes me out for some reason. I, I loved when she was like, oh, Carlos, whoever said you were the father? That was... Such a power move. So good. And then Carlos steals Edie's car. (laughs) And Edie goes, Damn, Fallon! (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um, But yeah, he just chases after her. Then the police get a notification that he's violating his house arrest. And Gabby goes to see John, but only Justin's home. And Carlos sees the two of them hugging outside. And assumes they're having an affair
1: yeah and then there's a knock on Justin's door and Carlos commits another hate crime
0: I again I love I forgot about this scene and I love that it was like shot for shot exactly what happened with the (laughs) air conditioner guy or whatever and he even says like just because you mow my lawn you can bang my wife which is exactly what he said it was like just because you like, I don't know, you're a cable guy or something. You can bang my wife. And then he beats him up. and And then the cops just, like, immediately run in.
1: <laughs>
0: hate crime Carlos is my favorite.
1: <laughs> this is where I made the note great episode because I just mm-hmm. thought the callback was so strong. Yes. And the fact it is a second unwitting hate crime is Against so funny. Like he,
0: he has now um, accused two gay men of sleeping with his wife and John Rowland just gets off scot-free. It's crazy. It's so good.
1: Well, let's hope that one day John Rowland and all iterations of him get their comeuppance. <laughs> he's just as guilty we get back to tom in his office and peterson makes annabelle vice president tom is not just hurt but he is shocked and appalled he storms into peterson's office
0: he said you are not gonna promote a woman over me
1: (sighs) he really did say that (laughs) and he's like you you've made a ton of bad decisions but this has to be the worst i quit And Peterson's like not
0: a lost man actually it was Lynette who said she didn't want you to take the promotion I thought I was helping you out sorry but I will say Doug Savant was eating and slaying in this scene his acting was yeah very like I was like
1: wow finally we got some meat like this was good yes he put his whole Doug Savant into that scene (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Not so bussy,
0: guys. Who wants Doug pussy merch? <laughs> We're gonna get a cease and desist from Doug Savant. Um, then we cut back to uh the scene of the crime. Justin's on a stretcher, and um the police are there. Carlos is sitting on the couch, and Carlos says he's like, he's been sleeping with my wife. That's why I had to beat him up. And they go, is that true? And he goes no, I'm gay. And (laughs) just, Carlos goes, this is not happening again. (laughs) And the cops go, what do you mean
1: again? He goes, I need a lawyer. (laughs) Then, Brie is in the supermarket and she's wearing that light blue once again. She runs into George and it's awkward, obviously, of course it's gonna be awkward, but George is like, you need to tell Rex to be more discreet when it comes to discussing your love life. And Brie is so confused. George, uh, this is this is a, a new level of manipulative, even for him.
0: And he chased her, like, she was like, what are you doing at this grocery store? You live on the other side of town.
1: He's like, oh, the doctors are talking about it. Like, he basically says that it's a source of gossip right now at the hospital where Rex works. And like, that's just not cool. I, I don't agree with any of his actions here.
0: Also, we've just never seen Rex go to work, so how is that even true? Like, we've never seen that. I guess, like, he doesn't, he's a cardiologist, right? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, if he's a cardiologist, he should know what's going on. Why isn't he checking his medication?
1: I thought he was a cardiologist. He is.
0: So, shouldn't he kind of know, be able to, like, diagnose himself a little Wait a minute.
1: I don't think Rex is very good at his job. Are you telling me that Rex Vandekamp faked his own death?
0: Shouldn't you be able to, like, recognize bad medication? Like, if he's a cardiologist, shouldn't he be like, hey, this actually is not...
1: Maybe he, he scammed his way into medical school. He
0: did. Clearly, Rex Vandekamp does not know the medical field. I digress anyway Bree is deeply upset because we know she's a very private person she doesn't want people knowing her business especially not this so she's like deeply deeply upset now I don't know why she believes believes George but you know she's not the smartest sharpest tool in the shed these days
1: yeah maybe he's messing with her medication too I think
0: I think he is like I don't know, the supplements that she takes, to be smart, are not working. I think he gave her some dumb pills. Yeah. You are the company you keep, I guess. Dimwitted
1: Brie pills. Dimwitted Brie. Then we get to a happier note. It's Susan and Mike in the process of moving in together, and Mike is like, Oh, I got an emergency phone call for a job tonight. Um, so he's not gonna be around, he has to go take care of that. And as she's unloading stuff from his car, she finds Mrs. Hooper's journal. She, like, flips through it very briefly. Uh, Susan has no poker face, by the way. Have you noticed that? I haven't, actually.
0: So she's fooled me.
1: Like, Terry Hatcher is an amazing actress. But Susan, Susan has just, everything's on her sleeve.
0: Yeah. She wears her heart on her sleeve, for sure. Um, and then she's, like, now suspicious of Mike. But, you know, what she doesn't do is read the journal.
1: Right. She, like, briefly flipped through it.
0: Yeah. And then we immediately cut to, uh, she's in the car with Julie. And she's making Julie come on the stakeout with her. And... It, it reminds
1: me of me and my dad.
0: It It reminded me of you and your dad, too. And Susan's, like... Oh, I'm i I'm really good at this. Like, I used to follow Carl all the time and he was cheating on me. She's crazy. Um, and then she follows a card that she thinks is Mike's, and it turns out to be this middle-aged couple, like making out in like a one of those like make out spots. Make out reef. Make out reef spots. <laughs> and um, and the woman goes, Is that your wife? And he goes, If that was my wife, do you think I'd be here with you?
1: That was a fun little light comedic moment Yeah, right before we go see Gabby visiting Carlos in jail. Uh, She's not giving in. I am so glad that she's not giving Carlos what he asks for.
0: But what he asks for is for her to tell the truth, but he doesn't realize that. So now she's going to commit perjury while thinking. Very confusing here. So she's... At the courthouse she's at the jail. Finally he's behind bars. And um, Finally. Finally, and she's like, You're charged with a hate crime? And he's like, Yeah, okay, I remember that cable guy that got beat up, like that was me. And he goes, They think I'm a serial gay basher now. And she's like, You kind of are. Gays, should we sell serial gay
1: basher?
0: <laughs> or is that taking Wait, a step what was the word that far? we said
1: they should take back?
0: um oh so- sodomy
1: <laughs> sodomy
0: sodomite yeah
1: should g- gays should we sell sodomy merch
0: <laughs> is serial gay basher going super? actually like i don't know if if somebody's just wearing a shirt that says serial gay basher with no context i
1: don't think it would look good <laughs> no it would not <laughs> maybe we
0: won't do that it would be so funny tears with
1: with like carlos's
0: mugshot like serial gay basher i have a business decision it could be like pride 2024 merch serial gay basher pride 2024 on the back
1: but is that going to come across like we are condoning the bashing of gays because we're not
0: don't think so It's like, it would be in our collection specifically for the gays. But basically he's like, (laughs) I need you to lie, lie and say you were having an affair. And she goes, I'm absolutely not going to do that. And it's like, Gabby, just do that and tell the truth. No,
1: no. Make Carlos suffer 2024.
0: I mean, she is having an affair.
1: Yeah, but clap if you think he should suffer. Like,
0: (laughs) wow, the Wendy Williams callbacks are (laughs) on it today. But again, like, Gabby keeps getting off scot-free. Like, he now, he's like, I thought you were having an affair. I'm sorry you led me on. And she's just flying high. Like, still not getting caught. So then the next scene is Julie reading the diary. And she's like, Mom, did you even look at this? And she's like, Susan's like, of course not. That would... I would have to, you know, use my brain. And she's like, Martha? <laughs> Mrs. Huber was Black Mary blackmailing Mary Alice.
1: Then Paul gets punched out by Mike. This made me really sad. Which made sad. me really sad.
0: Yeah. I didn't like it. Like, yeah. Paul was just waiting for his son, and he turns around and then gets punched. Okay, but also, I, in my mind, this scene took place during the day.
1: Yeah, same. Like,
0: I didn't remember this At all. Maybe there's, like, a later scene where they have Paul meet up with Zach somewhere.
1: I definitely had it in my head as, like, sunset. You know what I mean?
0: Oh, maybe we're thinking about, like, it's either in the next episode or next season when Mike and Paul... It's probably in the next episode when they're, like, in that, like, desert. And... Oh. Uh, about us shoot him. That's probably what we're thinking about.
1: Wait, that's next season. I thought that was so much. It might later. be in
0: the next episode. I think.
1: All right. Well, we'll see.
0: Uh, I guess we'll we'll find out.
1: Then, Rex wakes up in the middle of the night. Hold on. I said. Three... Oh, okay. I
0: said Rex asleep gives me the ick.
1: Yes. I got the ick. Yes. Thing. I totally. Why understand. are you sleeping?
0: You're a man. You should be awake.
1: <laughs> that's for girls only. Yeah. So Rex wakes up in the middle of the night and he sees Brie sitting gorgeously in the windowsill.
0: Mm-hmm. She
1: looks so sad. I can just picture, like, you know, a raindrop uh, rolling down the window pane and it like mirrors on her face, you know. Let the rain fall down and wake my dreams. Let it wash away my sanity. Anyway. Bree says that she was thinking that the biggest mistake of her entire life was agreeing to marry Rex. And he genuinely doesn't know what she's talking about.
0: And I, I kind of have to I know. be on his side with this one a little bit. Yeah, and he jumps out of bed and he goes, let me guess, I've done something wrong. Well, you did. Um, but then they're arguing and she's like, I've heard you're telling people about the BDSM and all this stuff and he's like no I'm not and she goes yes you are and it really escalates and again the scene the acting in this scene like oh my god this episode was just so there was just so much good material for everybody like Marsha Cross slay my my mother queen like she was giving this episode this scene specifically like she was going between like poised and proper brie to, I feel like, the brie we see in later seasons. So, I don't know, I just had chills this whole time. But their fight is escalating and he's like, "Uh, I'm having a heart attack, I'm having a heart attack. And she goes,
1: no you're not. She was so bold for
0: that. I know, like something has flipped, something has flipped.
1: I also didn't know why he was saying it so calmly. He goes, I think I'm having a heart attack. And like, He's just so chill about it. Me personally, I could never.
0: Oh, we know. I'm just remembering the time you got pulled over.
1: In New Jersey. On the
0: street. Summer and I are driving through New Jersey on like the 4th of July weekend, and she looks at her phone for one second. We get pulled over. And Summer starts hyperventilating. She was, oh I, I don't know. And I was like, whoa, chill. And I go to the cop. I was like, why'd you pull us over? And he's like, oh, she was looking at her phone. I was like, she's looking at her map. We need to get to where we're going. So we're like, my
1: My mom's going to kill me. My mom's going to kill me.
0: And they were like, all right, just go. It's fine. And then he goes, no, I am, and you have to take me to the hospital right now. So then it cuts to he's, like, sitting at the stairs, and Danielle comes downstairs. She's lucid for once, and she goes, what are you doing down here? And he goes, I'm having a heart attack. And she goes, Where's mom? And he goes, oh, That's a good question. So then Danielle runs up to Brie, and Brie is fully in a suit. She's in a skirt and a button up, and she is slowly making her bed. And she goes, Mom, what are you doing? Like, dad needs to go to the hospital that now. Drove me crazy. No, she looks like haunted. Yeah. But it's just, like, she's just been through so much with him for so long that she hears this lie, and that's just simply the last straw.
1: But it just, oh, it made me so angry. Because Cause even my worst
0: enemy, if my worst, well, no, if my worst enemy was having a heart attack, I would be like, all right, let's go. I don't want you to die in front of me. That's scary. But Brie didn't care.
1: I really get torn up about this scene Because even if he is faking it, isn't it better to err on the side of caution?
0: Yeah, but I think that she's just, something has broken inside of her and she's just done. Like, she can't even think about this. Like, for her, too, when he says, I'm having a heart attack, and for the first thing for her to say is, no, you're not. Like, that's not the same Bri that we know. Yeah. Like that's a great thing yeah. has changed within me Something listeners can
1: somebody sleep. please can somebody please tally up the number of wicked references <laughs> we have made on this whole podcast idina menzel included kristen chenoweth just wicked as a whole i think it has please, to be every episode easily easily We get our closing monologue next. We see Tom packing up his office because he has now quit and been fired all in the same breath. Mm -hmm. Carlos is looking at a picture of Gabby in his tiny little jail cell that he deserves. Rex is taken into the ER and Bree's just kind of looking on. And then we see a mysterious family who we will come to know as the Applewhites move into the Mullins' house on Wisteria Lane.
0: I will say I'm obsessed with... Al- Alfre Woodard getting top billing. She didn't even have a single line, and she got special guest <laughs> star. Like her, That's incredible. her lawyer, her lawyer was on it. I, just for her to be getting like billing like that and not having yeah, she's any in one lines shot is amazing. I'm not really too familiar with her career, but everybody on this show like had big careers before they came on here, so obviously she's one of them, but. I'm obsessed with that, and I'm also, I don't remember the Apple Whites coming in this early, so very excited.
1: I know. Yeah. I thought they didn't come in until the first episode of season two, to be honest.
0: I did, too. I was shocked. And that is our episode. I loved this episode. Like, this was one of those that, like, in the middle of it, I was just so excited to get on and talk about it. Like it was yeah. such a good one. I liked it, too. Yeah. Loved it. Anyway, guys, keep tuning in. One day we will be healthy again. Next week um, is going to be really good. We're going to be covering the finale. So we're really excited, you guys.
1: We have something extremely special planned. And yes. I'm sure you're going to enjoy it just as much as we are.
0: Yes, we are so excited. Um, So keep tuning in. And get us on the Instagram and the TikTok. We are going to tell Patreon will be launching
1: <laughs> <laughs> And merch, merch drops January 1st.
0: Also, guys, um, we, I found my Desperate house-size board game. And tell us what you want to see. Because we, we're going to play it somehow. I think our, our favorite listener, Georgie said he wants to see us like play a drinking game and put it on the Patreon and we might actually do that so if you have it we can play along with us somehow I don't know how that would work but if
1: you want to try to fight Georgie for the title of our favorite listener now (laughs) now would be the time um
0: but yeah and we have to do that sooner rather than later because all the trivia on that is season one so we have to do it before it leaves our minds forever Alright, guys, thanks again. And until next week, this has been We Know What You Did.
1: It makes us very sick. (laughs) (laughs) sick. Okay. We're We're (laughs) going to.